When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by Sage Ryan from Smosh Games and Pixel Circus. Oh, hi. It's good to see you. Good to see you as well. You know who I'm... else it's good to see? No, go for it. Go for it. I'm just, I'm very excited to talk about oh, this. Yeah. Literally, oh, yeah. I barely slept. I was like, we have things to talk about. <laughs> we also got the one and only Anthony Carboni. Oh my goodness. If only there was a way to get my two favorite Mandalorian based shows together <laughs> into one thing. If you know? Only. If, if only. only. And rounding out the crew, of course, we have the boss baby himself, Courtney. They're so furry, Tim. They're so furry. What are you referring to here? Uh, the lady dating the, the Jawas. Oh, yep. got it. Yeah, yep. yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was totally blanking for a second. What the fuck are you Sorry, talking about? Uh, you yeah. might have been uh, thinking about the show Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett. We're yeah. talking about The Mandalorian. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about the new episode of The Mandalorian today. Uh, hey, and everyone, we are doing that. If you are uncertain about The Mandalorian and you're looking to make an episode of, or you're uncertain about Boba Fett and you're looking to make an episode of Boba Fett that everybody loves, what you do is you make an episode of The Mandalorian. And who would have ever seen that coming? Because, like, think about it. The Mandalorian gets announced, and everyone's like, why isn't it Boba Fett? <laughs> like, this is so stupid. Like, Everyone, why including John Favreau. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. And then here we are, and it's like, well, they totally gave Mandalorian, Din, uh, the character that we all kind of expected Boba Fett to be like. And now here we are, three seasons into this world. And they're like, just definitive proof, people like Mandalorian better. <laughs> Good for them, too. Good for me. I love it. Here's Good the thing, though, is, like, obviously all of this was written and shot before uh, there was any response to the Book of Boba Fett. So they anticipated that halfway through the series of Book of Boba Fett, we would be like, man, I do miss Mando, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they were right. We're going to get into all of that because this is the kind of funny screencast for each and every week. We get together to talk about the latest in TV, movie, and trailers of course you can get it on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com if you wanted to get it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast and we'll be right there for you if you wanted to get the show ad free and watch live as it's recorded you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny just like our patreon producers molecule at James Davis Makes and Pranksy have done. If you want to be part of the show, you got to go to kindoffunny.com slash screencast to write in your questions, theories, and thoughts, and we'll get to those. Uh, today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress and Babble, but we'll talk about that later because we there's so much to talk about here. I, I want to start. I want to start, everybody. This episode ruled. This episode <laughs> just fucking ruled. And it just gave me all the things I want. And sure, is it like quality storytelling and all this stuff? I don't give a fuck. This is fun-ass Star Wars. And I love nothing more than eras being mixed. And I cannot believe in a Boba Fett show, we just saw the Mandalorian go through the Boot to Eve classic in an N1 Starfighter. What the fuck? <laughs> but, but, Timothy... 
Timothy J. Gettysburg, can I ask you something? <laughs> Please ask away, Carboni. And I agree with everything that you're saying here. The fact that the fact that the Mando now rides a souped-up hot rod N1 is yeah. what, to the point where the engine block is sticking out of the hood. Like, <laughs> uh -huh. like Robert some, Rodriguez. Some would say it's wizard. Yeah. It's wizard. Yeah. A real one of my least favorite things of it. That was the one of that was that was the one thing that made my eye twitch is when he said wizard. I was like, yeah, but hey, it's wizard, too far, Amy. Too far. Here's what I'll say. Yes, it was great. We don't have a lot of time or episodes left in this season of what is ostensibly a Boba Fett show. And we did only get five seconds of any Boba Fett related continuity here with um with them just for some reason making Ming Ming Na Wen just jump up and down and do box jumps. Yeah. They were just like show up work and do box though. jumps today. <laughs> so I mean, I, it's a great episode, but do uh -huh. you think do you think this is what this show should be doing with its time right now? I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm asking the questions. I mean just just to jump in real quick with that I, I don't know that the answer is yes, but uh -huh. I do know that what they've been doing was not nearly as cool as this to me personally. And I, I think more than that, I am, I've never been more interested in next week. Like I, the, the show now has me be after this episode where, where are they going with it? We got two episodes left. I have last week. I thought we had an idea of where the show's going. I now have no idea where the show's going. Uh, last week I was like, I don't think we're going to get a season two. That's totally out the window for me now. I don't know. Maybe we do because there's no way they wrap up this shit in two episodes. There's no in a way. way. I'm of the opinion that I love a crossover episode. I love a crossover episode of anything. I sat through three more seasons of Riverdale to get to that Sabrina crossover. <laughs> I love a we crossover. We made it. I also am of the opinion that this was not a crossover episode. This was just an episode of The Mandalorian. It, it, was, it was a soft premiere of Mando season three. Right. There was nothing in 98% uh, of this episode that affected Boba Fett at all. Any of the stories about Mandalore, about the Darksaber, about the actual Mandalorian order, literally do not matter to Boba Fett. So usually in a crossover episode, even if we're following this like other character, it would be all of these things that are like, oh, while well, this is happening, that's probably affecting him over here. While this is happening, that's probably affecting him over there. And it's not. <laughs> so my, my, you're absolutely right. But what I will say is that sure, in terms of plot and like what the characters are doing, it doesn't. But I really liked how this episode was entirely just the Mando condensed version about what the Boba Fett theme has been the entire time, which is who are your people? What is your family? What does that actually mean? And so that's why I would argue it is actually a good crossover episode. I just think it would be we would have a different opinion on it if there was 10 episodes in this season as opposed to just two more to wrap up the story I can agree that we with that. already felt didn't get where it needed to go. I, I, I'll say this. If you had not watched The Mandalorian, but you are, and I'm thinking of this from plotting pacing, I'm also thinking of this from Disney and Lucasfilm and Star Wars managing an audience of literally three generations of people. If you did not watch The Mandalorian, but you are a fan of Boba Fett, so you've been watching The Boba Fett Show, and that kind of brought you into this Disney Plus ecosystem, a recap of who the Mandalorian is and why he's interesting is definitely a good way to get those people to maybe go back and watch the Mandalorian. It also does set up and remind us of 
Din is a different Mando than Boba Fett is, and their yeah. ideals are going to come up against each other at some point, right? Like, their ideals will, but as we see, like, Din will still straight up murder a room full of people if things aren't going his way. There is no diplomacy. He has a zero charisma. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he does not do that. He, that's his dump stat. And, mm. like, so it, it is a good reminder maybe for people who weren't in that universe, but I got to say at this point, there, it feels to me like there are more people who are into the Mandalorian than yes. almost anything else in Star Wars. So it feels like maybe they didn't need that much of a recap. Yeah. Uh, to go back to the point of, like, was this good for this show, especially with two episodes left? I, I think it was a detriment to the, the story for Boba Fett specifically for the seven-episode season. I do think it'll be in the grand scheme of things of, like, what Filoni and Favreau are, are trying to build towards and what the, the kind of overall story that they're trying to tell in this era of Star Wars. I think it'll be a, a big help, I think, you know, if we had spent this time with you know, the first episode of Mando season three, I would have been, you know, wondering of like, okay, like how did we get from, you know, being on the same ship with, uh, with Bo-Katan uh, to being somewhere else still with the, the dark saber, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. And the fact that they like kind of instead took an episode and another show to kind of be like, all right, he's here now. And then we'll explain it hopefully in like the first episode. Like, I feel like this was, it gave me enough where it's like I think season three will have a better kind of like starting point uh, than if we didn't get anything at all from from Mando from the the season of Book of Boba Fett. So yeah, I, I mean, I, interesting. I, I totally agree with that, Barrett. And uh, we we talked about this during our Mandalorian season two finale conversation. But like, it ends in such a way where the core of that show was taken away, which is Baby Yoda's connection with Din. So it's like them being apart from each other it's like where's the mandalorian go from here it kind of feels like it could be anywhere because it, it just doesn't really like there's not really any open storylines and like sure okay the dark saber mandalore all that stuff is like the obvious thing but like that's a brand new story kind of that they're going to need to tell to the general audiences right but this episode alone kind of gave me so much more like direction of where they're going where like he's going back to grogu like, I didn't expect them to be going back to Grogu this quickly. I didn't expect – what's he building for? What did he make him? Is it a, a lightsaber? Heart wants what it wants. Is it a small little lightsaber <laughs> thing? Oh, my God. I, like, I just love this like idea. It is shaped like his little head. The little cloth is just shaped great. like a tidy Grogu head. Yeah, I, I love that. And and uh, I love that the um the the scene of seeing Mando, Mando fight with the Darksaber. It's like this whole episode is fan service, like to the utmost max. And the idea that he isn't good because he's not a force user and all this shit. And he's about to go to Grogu. Is Luke fucking Skywalker about to teach him the ways of the force, bro? Come on, man. Absolutely not. No, we've never seen Luke. We've had enough of CG Luke. I loved, I loved that moment. I loved the CG Luke moment. I can't have him in a scene for more than like 86 seconds, though. Yeah, that yeah. CG it, it, will it, it, absolutely it's, it's end a lot. Me. And they would, if like if Luke would become his trainer, not even in ways of force, but like just lightsaber using, I think it, it would it would be very uncomfortable on Candy Valley for way too long. With CG <laughs> so face. there are some like, I, I do want to say there are some interesting things and interesting implications that are brought up here for all of Star Wars. It was so weird to see the carpet bombing of Sundari 
in live action and it just looks like a terminator movie like the yeah. like the siege yeah. of mandalore the k2so droids like yeah those k2 droids and just it looked like judgment day it was mm -hmm. nuts um also the idea of we're getting more rules for the dark saber because these rules were not really enumerated in the clone wars and in rebels like like in rebels Sabine hands Bo-Katan the Darksaber. She just, she gives her the Darksaber. We were, like, so, we were so close to getting a mention of Sabine run this episode. Hey, she's, but she's in, she's in, uh, uh, she's Ahsoka. in the Ahsoka series. I so know, we're good. I know. She's we're just, we're just so, I'm just getting so impatient. I just want to see my, my good crew from Rebels. I know? know, same. But like the idea of, hey, well, now we're coming up with a rule for why you can't just hand Bo-Katan the Darksaber. We now know, and like the the touching back, like the fan service wasn't just surface level fan service. There was some like actual stuff about the lore. Like if you hadn't watched the animated stuff, this intro of the idea of Tar Vizsla and Pre Vizsla, who by the way, Pre Vizsla was of course in the animated series, played by John Favreau, was how John Favreau kind of started talking to everybody at Lucasfilm, awesome. and that is the beginning of how all this happened. Is John Favreau was Pre Vizsla. Um, so the idea of Clan Vizsla coming back and like staking their claim. So and cool. There's a lot of interesting stuff that was going on there that has, you know, we talked last week about how this is ultimately going to be the story. I think like we think of three different Mandalorians and what it means to be a Mandalorian. Um, this definitely connects. That's that it's more of this show being connective tissue, which we yeah. talked about. There's more connective tissue than actual story of Boba Fett here. I agree. I I also want to. I also want to talk about how, with all the importance of the dark saber, my dude put it in his checked luggage. Yo, what was that? What the <laughs> fuck was that, man? Like man. that feels like a bad choice. And it went no. nowhere. Like plot wise, yeah. it went nowhere. No, there was see, no reason for it. I, I I appreciated it because it led to you know because he doesn't have a ship, he's had to rely on public transit and you know being around people with all these weapons and like kind of having to be in a public place while traveling is a very uncomfortable thing for him. And I, I, I personally liked that where it was like this tense, uh, tenseness of like you motherfuckers better, like nobody better steal this and stuff like that. Uh -huh. And ultimately while it doesn't lead anywhere, it still gives him the important kick of like, I need my own fucking ship. Cause I can't keep living like this kind of thing. I, I personally, I, I, I personally liked it. I do understand that. I just think if it wasn't over so quickly, it would have paid off a little better for me. I don't think we got to see a lot of that tension. It was like, I don't want to set these down, but I will. Close the case. And then we were just kind of there and it was over. There was also, not a moment in between there where I got to go, somebody's going to steal it. Once that case was closed, we were there and it was fine. I just wanted a moment into of a like, ooh, RX he's not going to get it back or he's going to get attacked while he doesn't have the things that he needs. He's going yes. to have to. We're going to get some cool hand-to-hand -hand combat of the Mando. That's no, the, we're just gonna say stage, we're just gonna wave talking at about this, this cute alien yeah. man. Yeah, just a you quick and I wave. were talking about this a little earlier that uh, before the morning show this morning, where um, we thought we kept thinking that okay, and now it intersects with Boba Fett. Okay, yep. and now it becomes a Boba Fett. <laughs> the and whole the episode. That, and one of the things that we thought was like, okay, he checks his weapons because he has to, and then something happens where either so, he loses them, somebody takes them. He's without his weapons and sort of 
he and Boba Fett and you know and Fennec. and Fennec are are sort of tied up in this thing where okay I'll work with you if we get our weapon if you get my weapons back because I helped you get your armor back you know what I mean there was like help me get the all- dark saber back yeah, yeah. that would have been so sick hey man, I I gave the dark saber to a DJ droid and, <laughs> and just Boba Fett's reaction to that would have been amazing you know yeah. you could tell that was sort of maybe something that they toyed with um, the other thing is. Hey man, an old man and a moisture farmer were able to find shady transport to and from Tatooine. Like you're telling me Din Jarin, who has connections throughout the entire criminal bounty hunter world, had to take the bus. Fu- <laughs> has to take the fucking bus to Tatooine? Come on, you know, maybe man. he didn't know anybody on the Halo Ring. Okay, like you know, it was his first time on the Halo Ring. Are we not going to talk about the Halo Ring? Because that was the weirdest fucking I, thing. I, I want to talk it. about that so bad. I mean, everything that we've been seeing lately from Star Wars has been these desolate desert planets. I mean, we spend so much time on Tatooine, which is obviously also the most cost-effective way to show a Star Wars planet is a desert. Mm-hmm. Um, but like to see a like developed city planet again is just like ooh. That felt like that was honestly one of my favorite things of this episode is seeing that and being like, oh, I want a story here. Yeah, Yeah. it was the best looking episode we've gotten so far because not just because it's not the same type of location over and over, but because they they really did some cool stuff that I haven't really seen before in Mm -hmm. in live action stuff like the the shots where you see stars and space like right near them as like even when the scene of uh, Mando going down the elevator. Yeah. And then uh, getting out, like the way the camera would always be a little bit lower to show you that right underneath them is space. Like that shit was really, really, really right. Dallas Howard knows how to direct. Right. Uh, Thank yeah. you. Hell yeah. yeah. I was going to say, can we please give Bryce Dallas Howard her fucking due? Because what we mostly heard about Bryce Dallas Howard was during the first season of the Mandalorian. She of course was, listen, you're assigned your episode that you're going to direct. She was given the episode that happened to be Seven Samurai. And everybody was like, seen it. This is a ripoff. They even did a Clone Wars that was like this. And everybody was bagging on Bryce Dallas Howard. That was a cool-looking, well-directed episode. She is very good at directing Star Wars stuff. She's done multiple episodes this season, and they have been my favorite looking and feeling episodes. I got to say, I put her... I put her directing style with Star Wars above Robert Rodriguez. Oh, Robert Rodriguez at this point is like probably my bottom tier. I think that like this episode is is proof of that. Where I didn't, I knew I didn't like the Robert Rodriguez stuff, but see this, I'm like, oh, I I could love this stuff. So, mm-hmm. what, what what other episodes did Bryce do this season? She did the she did the last one, the one where they were uh, infiltrating and getting the uh, fire spray gunship back. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. So she's done all the ones that feel like very Star Wars. Um, and she's doing a lot of the ones that Favreau's writing. He's kind of like, he's kind of taken her on as like his preferred director, it seems like, at least for this series. Um, I would not be surprised if they are not just auditioning her to be a showrunner on one of these series that's God, coming yeah. up. Oh. That'd be dope. So before we keep going, though, let me tell you about our sponsors. There are a ton of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year, and personally, learning a new language with Babbel is at the top of my list. Babbel is the addictively fun, fast, and easy language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Greg, and as you know, I'm in love with a French Canadian named Jean-Vive Saint-Ange. And uh, Jen, of course, uh, first language is French. She learned English later on, and I've been trying to learn French, but I keep falling off. I've got Babbel on my phone. I'm ready to do it in 2022. Other language learning apps use AI for their lessons 
lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. You can choose from 14 different languages like Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. I could probably use that for English. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code KINDAFUNNY, all one word. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code KINDAFUNNY, Babbel, language for life. When it comes to getting a good night's sleep, there's only one thing you need a good mattress. Forget all those gimmicks like mattress toppers and weighted blankets. If your mattress is terrible, your sleep is going to be terrible. So get the only thing you truly need, a purple mattress. Only purple mattresses have the gel flex grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. How do I know? Well, I talked to a young man named Timothy Geddes and Timothy swears by the purple pillow. Then on top of that, he used to have a roommate named Joey Noel who swore by her purple mattress. That's that's right. Kind of funny sleeping all over this purple stuff and loving every minute of it. Uh, getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash kind of funny and use the code kind of funny. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kind of funny. Code kind of funny for 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kind of funny. Promo code kind of funny. Terms apply. All right. Uh, really quick, just quick correction. Uh, last week was directed by Kevin Tancho. I'm gonna fuck up this last name, but it wasn't Tancho. Tancho oh, Rowan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tancho Rowan. Sorry, which ones has she done? Because she's done a couple. This is the only episode she's directed so far. Really? Yeah. I thought she did last week's. Okay. Well, then I like Kevin Tancho Rowan, and I like her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So They're... far. I will um, say things that I didn't love about this episode. Amy Sedaris continues to not be my cup of tea. And I feel like she gave the best performance, and I liked her the most this episode, with the exception of her getting dragged by the beast. It was like, what are we fucking doing here? We it, don't. It, it need was this very type reminiscent to what was it last week with Boba last Fett. week with the, him chasing him, like, oh, where are you? Like, no, okay. I don't like that stuff. I don't like that. But I, <laughs> I think she did better in this Kelly episode. Uh, I love her. The, the I, other thing is the uh, the animation of the dark saber just simply doesn't look good. It doesn't look retracting. cool. It's, it's the, the retracting. retracting yeah. and, and, like that, that's the only part. It, it, in action, dope as fuck. Yeah. In but action, so Nobody cool. looks cool pulling it out. And that's unfortunate because it's cool as shit. Yeah. It's, it does this weird thing where, like, because it is sort of like knife or scimitar shaped and it's got, mm -hmm. that, it's got that hard bottom edge that yeah. leads into the curve. And it's, like, very thin. Yeah, the curve does this, the, the hard edge does this thing where it like just grows out. Like I was looking at that animation and I was like, what's bugging me? You know, when a lightsaber gets to just pop straight out, so they don't have to worry about its unfolding in space. Yeah. The darksaber has dimensions that have to like unfold and it does look a little strange. I will say that I once that animation is done, uh, I love what it looks like when somebody's wielding it and swinging it around. Right. The yeah, fight agreed. between oh, yeah. Din and uh, and and Vizsla, Paz, Paz Vizsla, uh, mm -hmm. was really. And I love that Paz has a vibro blade. He's got that dollar. He's got that dollar store lightsaber. Yeah, that was cool. You know? <laughs> that shit was incredible. And just immediately man. like a butt <laughs> done. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that whole fight, that whole sequence, I thought it was like top tier Mandalorian content. Like I loved right. it. I thought it was well choreographed. And again, like you were saying, Carboni, like there's so much lore stuff being 
brought up and like the reasons for why they're fighting and what they're doing him coming in being like i don't fucking trust this guy give me that shit and then the armorer which is the dopest name in star wars uh being like did you take your helmet off you motherfucker you ain't one of us like all that was so so well done what's so interesting about this and it is that theme of like who are your people what are you going to do now and there's been that throughout a little bit of the mandalorian of din trying to be like i don't want to be with anybody and people being like you sure man you sure you don't want to maybe make some friends um this moment of like well you can't be a mandalorian anymore and he's like well what do i do and they're like nothing and there's no consequence they do not then challenge him for the dark saber right does not try to take the dark saber because hey that's claim to mandalore you're not a mandalorian but you can hold on to the blade that gives you claim to mandalore okay (laughs) interesting that seems important and also they do not take his armor so yeah. he still gets to run around in Mandalorian armor, which is canonically not something that's supposed to happen if you are not a Mandalorian. We've seen Boba Fett get shit for it. You know, it's weird. It's weird that the armorer would not make him surrender that armor. And I think I think we're supposed to believe. I was thinking about this a little bit. In the show, it seems bad, and especially because we don't get any hint of of what I'm thinking. But what I'm thinking is the armorer. The armorer. Ex- him to go back to Mandalore and find his way into those mines. And I think it's part of his story. And I think she sort of knows that's a test for him. Yeah. And it's like kind of pushing him to to do something like that. But yeah. the problem is they don't really give much of a hint of that. That's just right. that becomes something where they're forcing the audience to think it is wishful thinking instead of giving us a sign that that's actually happening. See- I, I don't know. I feel like they've done a good job with the armorer throughout the Mandalorian show as well, building her up to be that type of character. Where mm-hmm. it's like, she is going to follow her own code, but she also understands that she's kind of questioning it based on the things that are going on. So this guy's pushing and she wants to support that. But I, I think they did a, a good enough job of like setting up where they're, they're at because she of does, the armor. She does bend the rules to make a little Grogu armor. I yeah. think yeah. he's getting a little chain mail. It looks like there were chain mail links there. <laughs> yeah. I also like the idea that you can't make a weapon out of Beskar. It can only be used to protect, not attack. I thought that was I thought that was cool. I forget if we've had that brought up before, but, but I think it's very I, but interesting. But like she also made the, you know, the his like little wrist uh weapons things out of That's a bird back. name. Yeah, I forget what it's called. The, yeah, like the sparrows or something. Yeah, something but like um but th- those maybe were made it was just a, maybe it was the sparrow launcher and the armor isn't made out or or the sparrow launcher and the and the uh, ammo. the ammo isn't made out of Yeah. My, my the spears the... a weapon. Well, that's why she had to melt it down. down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because got it, remember, got it, got That it. was not a Mando spear. That was the governor yes, of whatever right, that village right. had. They had forged that into a, a weapon. Yeah, because they wanted, they wanted to be Mando is, killers. Uh, my thing with the Darksaber is, like, uh, after he admitted that he had, you know, broke the code, is that he had already just proven that, like, he just technically won it in combat, right, where she had stopped. She was like, all right, like, you, you've won this. Um, I, I feel like that was like the one thing where they didn't stop him from from leaving with it because they're like, all right, well, we didn't technically really earn it either. So because it was already with him, we'll just yeah, we'll let him have it for now. Maybe one day we'll we'll we'll, we'll try to go uh, one one to one again and and earn. And it maybe back. there's something where the armor, maybe there's something where the armor is not allowed to fight or something because of her position. Like we don't know what That's all possible. of the rules of that are. Yeah, I think the armor also probably knows that historically you don't give the fucking dark saber to a Vizsla. I don't yeah. know. 
Especially, <laughs> especially with like her like knowing the history with uh, you know Bogatan and Bogatan's kind of expectations of running Mandalore because her older sister was uh, once the ruler of Mandalore and like how that whole family kind of like went against the ways that she uh, upholds. Um, bunch of bunch of Kenobi smooches. Those <laughs> I <ones>. know. <laughs> and so hey, yeah, I, hey. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think wouldn't you all be a Kenobi smoocher if you? Oh, hundred percent. There's a reason that was the golden age of Mandalore. Because <laughs> there were Kenobi smoochers, and yeah. they knew. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I imagine she's also like, I, like I, I, I trust this Vizsla enough to like hang out with me. I don't know if I trust him enough to you know be wielding this dark saber though. Don't give him power. Yeah. Don't give him power. Yeah. Uh, I do love, I do love seeing an N1 starfighter. It's that insane. was so wonderful. I have so many questions about it logistically of like, okay, if you're on a bounty, you have a one passenger ship now. Okay, this seems complicated. Look, but there, was, there was the little thingy for Grogu. There's, well, yes, that's true. Um, okay, so you can fit someone approximately <laughs> this big. You can okay. fit one boy in little boy armor. <laughs> <laughs> There's room for one little guy in little guy armor. Um, but God, the ship is... The ship was so lovely to see. I really, I, that's another piece of the fan service that I really enjoyed for this one. And, the, and it's going like, to be a ship going forward. I like, know. That's the coolest thing, man. For how like, long, though? I, I think I think they stick with it. Like, I, I think that the them, if it was yellow, I think it would be like, okay, this is just a temporary thing. Yeah. They mandoed this they thing mandoed up. They mandoed it. Sure, I agree. Maybe it's just a season to sell a Lego set. But, like, I think it's going to be his ship, and that is so fucking cool. Yeah. I think it's his ship for a while, but I think I think Sage is right. Eventually, you've got to take a bounty back alive somewhere. Mm. And what you, where do you, there's no there's not even a trunk to stuff him in. They hold on in to the one. Yeah, but he got out of the bounty hunt. The bounty hunting storyline was handled in the first 10 minutes of this episode. Now he's back to the Grogu stuff. By the way, that first, let's talk about these bull, these bulldog butchers. And, Dude, oh my that was goodness. so cool. That was Again, such a cool like Stage was talking about sequence. like different different types of locales and stuff. Like seeing this like dead carcass of aliens like uh, butcher shop was kind of a neat thing. Do you want to know? I and this is why I love all the all the goony stuff that y'all don't love. But the first thing I thought of is, I just I just want to see them. I want to see more of them playing poker. I want to see the dogs yeah. playing poker. <laughs> That's funny. Dogs play poker. I want to see the dogs, the space dogs, play play space poker. <laughs> yeah. I want to see them play Stabak more, and I want to see a painting of that somewhere later. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very slow chase scene. <laughs> Oh, I think the thing I loved about that planet so much is like, look, I love Tatooine. I don't really want to hang out on Tatooine. Yeah. Like, this is the Star Wars stuff that I'm like, oh, I want to go there and I want to walk around in it. I want to, I want it in VR. Oh, I just want to be there. I want to see all the stuff. I want to go into little shops and restaurants. I don't know. <laughs> on a quick moment, quick moment of like the people that were clearly on their way to the club in their fancy yes. club clothes. And I was just like, they shown this a couple times particularly in the Mandalorian where he's in a city and they show people like wearing like future party clothes. And I'm yeah. just like, yeah, let's show me more of this. Party. Show I'm me the in. space party, baby. <laughs> I'll meet you all at the future party. Let's go. Oh, God, that's all I want <laughs> so is that. Man. In. So last week, the episode ended with the little sting of the, the Mando theme. So we knew he was coming. Like I said mm -hmm. earlier, I didn't expect him to get a whole episode. I thought it was just going to be like a quick, hey, here you are. You joining me or not? Cool, yeah. whatever. But when this episode fucking starts and we get the theme song of Boba Fett mixed with the theme song of Mandalorian, I 
lost my shit and it says the return of the mandalorian and i'm just like what the fuck like i didn't know it was possible for me to be this excited about the mandalorian like they they did a great job making a new character and making us fall in love with him and i i can't believe it because going into the episode i was the most excited going into an episode of Ben for Boba Fett. And now I'm leaving even more excited than that going into the next one. So I think with all of that, they fucking, they did something cool. They nailed it. I I even liked, I was really excited that the Rangers of the New Republic popped up. Yeah, that was Um, great. You know, obviously there's series. Yeah. Do you know who who the guy on the right was? No. The guy on the right was uh, the Luke Skywalker body double. Oh, that's so uh, fun. The season two finale. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, his he did they he doesn't get to fly around with Dave Filoni anymore because Dave Filoni's got other stuff to do. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. I love the idea that they're bringing these guys back. You know, obviously we were supposed to see a Rangers uh, TV series that didn't work. Certain people are uh, bonkers and have bad thoughts, and they put them on the internet, and now we don't get that show. But that's fine because I think that. Seeing these guys in The Mandalorian sort of showing, hey, what is the Republic about and how do we get to sort of where they, the small space that they take up in the galaxy in the sequels, right? Like they were supposed to take everything back. This was supposed to be like, everything's going to be okay. Um, And we're seeing these like traffic cops, basically, where one of them's figuring out that something's going on. Uh, yeah. And I I love that. Uh, I also love that there was a BD droid. I know. Yeah. Just real quick before we move on from that that scene, yeah. Carboni, can I ask you though, visually on screen, what was happening when we get the Rangers of the New Republic? What are we seeing? What describe, are we seeing? Describe this... what we're seeing on the screen to me during that scene. Uh, describe the space traffic stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh we've got we've got the naboo starfighter mm-hmm. uh flanked by two x-wings that's the coolest fucking thing you've ever said are you kidding me <laughs> i love it when we mix eras man that was yeah. so great <laughs> it was good it was cool to see and it does show something of like seeing them together really hammers home this sort of like fall of rome thing that's supposed to be happening throughout star wars um moments like that really drive it home where it's like we 30 years ago we had this and then we let shit get really fucked yeah <laughs> and now everything looks like it's from a junkyard <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay so back to back to bd sage yeah bd units are some of my favorite droids in in the entire star wars universe uh fallen orders bd1 is just an absolute icon in robot form um and i really thought at that first like kind of walk by i was like bd bd and i thought that was all we were gonna get and then we got the full little like scan moment yeah um i just it felt like a gift to me personally (laughs) i loved it so much i I loved that so much i almost had a heart attack where i was like because we haven't seen much of BDs, if not at mm-hmm. all outside of uh, Fallen Order. Okay, so I was story, like, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Cal Kestis. <laughs> but then, like, when he does the scan, I'm able to look at it. I was like, yeah, like that you know, him. the colorization is off and stuff like that. And then, yeah, it gets uh, taken It's one of the, the DLC skins. They got, oh, they did yeah. the pre-order. They did well, the pre-order. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> Motto did a pre-order. Where's the poncho, though? I mean, the only the only good skins for BD are the original one and the one where he's all red. Anyways. Um, it's not really a DLC skin. I'm just goofing. <laughs> but I, I, I do, my the thing that popped into my head about that was 
okay, so do we get a BD toy now? Because that was yes, the thing that please. we didn't get. I was, I, I was like, we where didn't. was, where was my pre-order of <laughs> Fallen Order that came with a BD? You know yeah, they, they really were talking about market. it. Yeah, it must have been on the table. Why don't I have a BD? <laughs> I, I also I, I, I don't know if he actually did it in the show, but I loved it in the you know the credits art where he was on the shoulder, uh, on her shoulder, yes. just because that's a you know, I d I just need to see more of that droid, just kind of being on people and just being like a little little pet, you know. Uh. So one one line that I I heard and I'm like, huh? They're like they said something and they're like, sadly, it only exists in legends. And I was like, that seems very on the nose and very meta for Star Wars in a way they don't normally do. What only exists in Legends? I, I didn't write down the, what they said before, oh, okay. but they, they, they said something. They're like, but sadly, that only exists in Legends. And I'm like, that is a and very they, like, tongue in cheek. And then they way. looked at the camera and they <laughs> yeah, pointed. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was fun. I, I need to go back. I'm going to rewatch it today and I want to I mm. see what they actually were talking about. But I thought um, that was fun. I do want to say one personal thing, and I'm not sure. I have to. I have to text and find out. But I think that R4 that went by Din when he was on the space bus, mm -hmm. I think that might have been my R4 that was built for star for science in Star Wars. Holy oh. shit. I think that was I think that might have been my my droid. And I'm gonna You, I got you have to find out and confirm yeah, yeah. next episode because that is so damn cool. Because Rogue One had our chopper, the chopper that we had for the Star Wars show oh. appeared. That was the live action chopper in Rogue One. So they share those droids out for everything. Um, oh, so I think I think that was my droid, y'all. I think that's that was awesome. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, there Congratulations. Was there was Thank one you. more thing I wanted to bring up. I forget what it was. Oh, I guess just for the the ending of the episode, right, where we get uh, Fennec coming to to recruit uh, muscle for for Boba Fett and stuff like that. I, yeah, I would say, kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation, right? Of like, we only have two episodes left. Where else are we going with this? Uh, that is still my my one worry here and like yeah maybe there, we get a season two and we'll get more of like a you know building up of like what's going on in Boba Fett's world and you know other people he has to face off against but I'm I'm still left in these last two episodes being like all right cool Mando's recruited I love that I love the you know the the chemistry between him Fennec and Boba uh between the three of in them theory, that we, yeah well uh <laughs> we saw it in the Mandalorian yeah here, exactly. but yeah and so the best Boba Fett episode was in the Mandalorian. Yeah. Right. And so, but I'm still left with like the, I don't give a fuck who they're about <laughs> to give a, a, a go to war with, you know, like mm -hmm. I just, I don't care of like the antagonist side of this show. And it like, it makes it harder for me to be like, all right. Yeah. Like go, go do the things that you need to do. Um, but the line from Peli Motto is one of the clearest reminders or, or even, one of the only times we hear somebody mention the pikes, uh, mention the pikes. Yeah. Uh, somebody from one of these cities mentioned the pikes and being like, things have gotten bad since they've started running spice through here. Yeah. Other than, you know, retaliation against the Tuscans, uh, we haven't really seen or heard much about how bad the pikes are. And that retaliation was, of course, off screen. Mm -hmm. uh, so. It's it's that thing that we're talking about. We're like, yeah, we have enough evidence, and people have said enough things for us to be really worried about the Pikes. I believe we they're just, very bad. Yeah, we just haven't. There's no feeling of oncoming dread from them. It doesn't feel like a war. It feels like mm -hmm. a minor inconvenience. 
I, yeah, I think that it has the potential to be. We just haven't had the time to see it. And I think that's what makes me so frustrated with this episode. It's a great episode of The Mandalorian. I'm disappointed that it uh, took one less episode. It gave me one less episode to really care about this end game that's about to happen. I want to be developing the villains. I want to be developing the war and the fighters. And this, like, I love a moment in a movie, in a show of okay, we got to get the band together. I love to oceans it. I love to watch them go and collect the muscle that they need for it. And I was hoping that that would be this episode of like, we got to go here and get this guy. I've heard about this. Maybe there would be fun things where you're like, oh, I recognize that from this series or a mention here. Maybe it would be a fun cameo Maybe there'd be a Cad Bane. Who knows? Right. Maybe there would be a Cad Bane. You know what? Um, I just wanted to be that, like, let's get the band together. I want it for you. Yeah, let's get, like you're saying, let's get the band together. I think, they're, number one, I'm unsure of who the band is. So I uh-huh. don't know, you know, that's a problem. I feel like this is you know, it. Like I, think that, I think it's a trio band. I think we're in a Blink-182 situation. It's just the three and of then, them. Yeah. <laughs> a classic Blink-182 situation. I wanted a whole thing. I wanted a but, whole band. Yeah. It's not a five-piece, unfortunately. It's just a three-piece, you know? Yeah, who's the band? And then number two, who who are they going up against? We had in the... You know, in Mando, we had Moff Gideon. We had this mm-hmm. person who was a, a sinister Ugh. figurehead, and we understood, and we had Giancarlo. And by the way, put a pin in how easily Giancarlo wielded that Darksaber when Din is having a problem with it. But mm-hmm. do you think, and this is a very Star Wars question, do you think we don't know who the bad guy is because they want it to be a reveal and they're hurting the dramatic tension of these episodes because Star Wars loves a big reveal? And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there's a 48% chance of (laughs) Maul at the end of this season. Okay, you shake your head no. Is that a no, I don't think it's going to happen, or a no, I don't want it to happen? Both. I feel like Maul's story ended the way it should have in Rebels. Mm -hmm. I don't know if, you know a certain man would have let, like, I, I think a certain man would have made sure that Maul was fucking dead, <laughs> you know? Uh, no, no, after... sometimes he come back as a Spidey. <laughs> yeah, but how many times? That would be the most you... jump in the shark shit ever. Yeah, like, more drudged, than it was the first I mean, time. You know, they drudged up some stuff, obviously, with Solo, so I'm just... Yeah, I mean, that didn't Ooh. go anywhere, and it has to at yeah, some but point. It has to at some but point. That was, but that, that was before all of this. Yeah, that was right. uh, Solo was before Rebels took place. Is, so it, that's... is it old lady Kira? Mm. Who is this? I think there I is a bad Kira, guy. For sure. yeah. I think there is a bad guy that we know, that we recognize, that I want is to be going Kira. to pop up. Yeah. But so so here's the thing. Like I feel like and I was saying this earlier, that like this episode kind of threw off all my thoughts of where we're going. Like I <laughs> am... With the way this episode ends, I'm not convinced that Mando joins them in the next episode or two. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think the trio getting together necessarily is this season. I'm wrong. There, it's a quartet because we also have uh, Blacker Santon. That's, That's true. Right. Yeah. You are I think right. he goes away. I think he goes away next episode. We don't see what he does. I think he arrives at the end going of to next be, episode. Yeah, right. I think that's going to be the first episode of the new season of Mando is him going to visit Grogu doing whatever he does. Yeah. And then he comes back for the season finale. Which is uh, the war or whatever. I could buy that. That sounds so which is fast, the war. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I feel like I, with where we're at right now, I would prefer if they just take the next two episodes to build up what this is, maybe reveal Akira in the end, and then go back to what I was saying of Mandalorian season three kind of being a mix of both storylines where 
yeah. we see Mando dealing with the um, whatever he's doing with Grogu. Like he's bringing him armor, but I'm still convinced he's going to learn some training. Like the the armor said the line talking about the Jedi having attachments and all that stuff and why he can't fight with the saber. Like, he's going to learn some fucking force shit, man. Uh, but I think that that all happening can be like one plot of season three. Then mm-hmm. the other plot being him teaming up with Boba for this war. So we get a little bit more fleshed out villains that we actually care about by the time that's happening. And then season four of Mandalorian can actually really get into the Mandalore stuff. What's the period on the end of this sentence then? What, wh- how does this, what is this, yeah. what is this season? What is this series? Like, is this turning for? into like an, uh, like an Iron Man 2 Age of Ultron situation where it's just like, it, it, they're setting so many like little things up for later stuff at the detriment of its own season, right? Of I think that's what. I think that's what Book of Boba Fett was always destined to be. That's like this always felt like a, a season 2.5. You know what I mean? Like even just like the way that they announced this show. Like this show's announcement was a post-credit stinger for a season two. Like that's unheard of <laughs> for this type of thing. A show being yeah. announced that way. Like we and we had so many questions like, is this Mandalorian season three? Like they, it was so vague on what exactly this is. And now that we're getting it, yeah, it does kind of seem like even more like you don't need to watch it, but you should i mean here's the thing though there's going to be also something very interesting for the people who didn't watch the book of boba fett that like the mandalorian just got you know essentially uh exiled in the book of boba fett so things are going to be a tad different if you're only a mandalorian fan that did make this at least this episode kind of a crucial watch um for mando's story they're taking a page from the marvel stuff which which is kind of like hey this can cross over a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. just because we're saying this is X, this is X, Y, and Z series about X, Y, and Z people. That doesn't mean fun things can't happen from other series and we're not going to cross pollinate, but they're not all like, uh, none of the Marvel stuff exists just to be cross pollination. Do you know what yes. I mean? Whereas this feels a little bit like, let's just check in with your favorite people right now, see what they're doing. And it's like, no, nah, I want more than that. I want this to have a definitive thing that it's trying to say. I hope that the final episode is Kira as well. That's that's my my greatest hope for this show that I think would make a lot of the complaints that we've had up to this point just worth it. I think that that would be the thing that like, okay, we worked towards something big here. We worked towards something that I understand why you were hiding. And that's a much bigger war than the Pikes. And that's why we haven't developed the Pikes very much because they are under the control of something larger. It's yeah. going to be a big reveal. I don't know that it's going to be Kira, but I think there's going to be a it's character that we me. recognize, whether it's uh, somebody we've seen on screen or somebody we know from Legends continuity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody who we know is going to be at the head of these syndicates. But and- whoever it is, if if the reveal doesn't happen until the finale, like that's 50 minutes or less to deal with who they are, why they're relevant, what's going on the actual battle itself like all that stuff that oh man i am not like do we know who's directing the last episode because i hope it's not robert rodriguez i don't know let me see i don't know if they announced those in advance yeah um i it might be i mean favreau tends to tends to end them himself if he can yeah Mm -hmm. uh I, i remember seeing that filoni was writing one of them but i don't yeah. remember which one it was um, Let's find out together as a family. <laughs> Who can IMDb the fastest? 
<laughs> the, the last thing, or, or the other thing that, uh, when it comes to, like, a big bad, and, like, I feel like at this point, with only two episodes left, the only, the best case scenario at this point is that the big bad is revealed halfway through this next episode, and I'm still... Robert I, Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez is directing the finale. Okay. okay. Yeah. According if, to IMDB, that could be their placeholder, just because right. he's showrunner director, but no, right. actually... Uh, Chapter six does not have a director listed, so oh. I think Rodriguez is doing the finale. Filoni, Filoni is co-writing. John Favreau wrote all of them. Filoni's co-writing the sixth episode. So next. Okay. Piece. Okay. So oh. knowing that, what do you guys Yo. think? That could be the intro of a character that we know in the past. Filoni is the encyclopedia. He's that guy. He is the keeper of the lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is starting to get interesting now. Ooh, this Shit. is where the fun begins. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> this is where the fun begins, everybody. Let us know in the comments below what type of fun you want to have next week. And then join us next week when we do this all over again. I can't wait for that. This show, it's got me going. It's got me thinking. It's got me hyped. Until next time, Sage, Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.